American Majority. Days of Revolution is a podcast series brought to you by AmericanMajority.org. This is Ned Ryan, and welcome to Episode 22, John Dickinson and Letters from a Pennsylvania Farmer. He is called the penman of the revolution, authoring or helping author the declaration of the causes and necessity of taking up arms, the Olive Branch Petition, the Articles of Confederation, and of course his most famous work, Letters from a Pennsylvania Farmer. Thomas Jefferson said at Dickinson's passing that he was one of the great worthies of the revolution. In his day, John Dickinson was one of the most famous men of the colonies, far better known than Benjamin Franklin or John Adams, even Samuel Adams. Yet in many ways, he's been forgotten in part because he was reluctant to see the colonies declare independence. And in fact, though a delegate at the Second Continental Congress, he was the only delegate to refuse to sign the Declaration of Independence, even though after the Declaration, he would be one of the first of the delegates to don a uniform and take up weapons against Great Britain. John Dickinson was born into a very wealthy and well-established family on November 8, 1732. Dickinson's great-grandfather, Walter Dickinson, a Quaker, had immigrated from England in 1654 and had eventually settled on Maryland's eastern shore, where Walter began a 400-acre plantation called Crossador, or Cross of Gold, holdings to 12,000 acres on five different farms and two plantations, Crossador and Poplar Hall. Raised at Poplar Hall, John was educated at home until, at the age of 18, he was drawn to the bright lights of the big city of Philadelphia, where he studied law. Three years later, he would cross the ocean to study at Middle Temple in London, and after another three years, at the age of 24, he returned to Philadelphia. The next year, he was admitted to the Pennsylvania Bar and would become one of Philadelphia's better-known and more successful lawyers. Several years later, in 1759, Dickinson would become involved in politics, running for and winning a seat in Delaware's lower house, where he would eventually become the speaker. In 1762, as was actually not uncommon at the time, Dickinson ran for office in another state, this time Pennsylvania, where he won a seat in that assembly. During his time in the assembly, Dickinson clashed with another of the delegates, a gentleman by the name of Benjamin Franklin. In fact, Dickinson, the more conservative of the two, and Franklin became so heated in their disagreements that a pamphlet war erupted between the two. Though my research was not conclusive, I believe the disagreement between Dickinson and Franklin was over whether Pennsylvania should be a proprietorship colony or governed by the royal crown. Remember at the time, Pennsylvania was still governed by William Penn's heirs, but many in the assembly did not like the Penns and were agitating for the colony to be governed by the crown. Franklin would be elected speaker by the majority in May of 1764, but he would lose his re-election bid that October over the issue of proprietorship. Franklin was actually strongly anti-proprietorship. The reason Franklin would lose his re-election was that many Pennsylvanians felt that if the colony switched to governance by the royal crown, their political and religious freedoms would be endangered. And of course... In the years to come, they would be proved right. In 1765, with the passage of the Stamp Act, Dickinson would begin his rise to national fame. He would be a delegate to the Stamp Act Congress, where he was given the task of drafting the Declaration of Rights and Grievances. He would continue writing pamphlets, authoring the late regulations respecting the British colonies. 
though the title is hardly a barn burner, Dickinson proclaimed in the pamphlet that the American colonies should be independent in their trade. Remember that at this time, the American colonies were under the burden of British mercantilism, which meant that all colonial goods were only traded strictly with Great Britain. But it was in 1767 that Dickinson can be said to have truly reached the pinnacle of his fame. In December of 1767, Dickinson's first of 12 letters, titled Letters from a Pennsylvania Farmer, were published in the Pennsylvania Chronicle. Aimed at the everyday citizens of the colonies, Dickinson laid out his arguments for why Parliament had no right to tax the colonies and use them as a source of revenue. He also argued that the acts of Parliament were a blow to liberty, as with the suspension of the New York legislature, and that taxation without representation was not only wrong and a violation of the rights of the American colonists, but it was also a violation of all British citizens, regardless of what side of the Atlantic they lived on. The reason Dickinson and his letters are so important in understanding the colonies in the days preceding the American Revolution is because his letters were not only widely reprinted in the colonies, helping to unify the colonists from Georgia to New York, but also in Great Britain and Europe. His letters, because of their well-constructed, reasonable arguments, actually won the colonial cause popular support in England, and even in Parliament, where men like Edmund Burke began advocating for more liberal and lenient policy in regards to the American colonies. Now, in 1770, Dickinson finally married a Mary Norris, the daughter of a wealthy Philadelphia Quaker and the Speaker of the Pennsylvania General Assembly, Isaac Norris. Already wealthy, Dickinson increased his holdings dramatically with his marriage. He settled near Germantown, a suburb of Philadelphia. He would build a magnificent mansion on Chestnut Street in Philadelphia, but by the time it was completed, the war had started and the house was converted into a hospital. Dickinson would be elected to the First Continental Congress in 1774 and then again to the Second Continental Congress in 1775 and 1776. During the summer of 1775, Dickinson and Thomas Jefferson would pen the Declaration and Necessity of Taking Up Arms, in which Dickinson would conclude that the American colonists were resolved to die free men than to live as slaves. Dickinson would also draft the Olive Branch Petition, appealing directly to King George III to resolve the dispute between the colonies and Parliament. But during the Second Continental Congress, it became clear that Dickinson was hoping for and working towards reconciliation, still clinging to the belief that the dispute was really between Parliament and the colonists and not with King George III. But by June of 1776, Dickinson would begin to find himself in a shrinking minority at the Second Continental Congress, as the delegates in favor of independence, led by John Adams, began to gain the upper hand in the debates. Dickinson, realizing he was losing the debate, urged his fellow delegates that at a minimum, the colonies should gain a foreign ally before declaring their independence from England. As the rules of the Continental Congress worked, each state delegation had one vote, and that vote was carried by the majority of the delegates within it. For example, if there were five delegates and three voted that a state should vote a certain way, the state's vote was cast as the majority of the state's delegates felt right. Dickinson was able to tie up Pennsylvania's vote on the issue of independence until July 2nd, when he realized his argument had been lost. When the vote came for independence, Dickinson intentionally absented himself from the room, allowing Franklin and the other Pennsylvania delegates to vote for independence. 
He would again absent himself from the vote on the final wording of the Declaration of Independence on July 4th. Knowing that his actions